back seekers of knowledge. Do you want to go explore the uncharted borderlands? Want to join your friends on a last crusade to seek national treasures and adventure? Well, then we have we got a show for you. Welcome back to Detroit Dart Talk. Today, we're going to be talking all about Pennsylvania Survival Fest. I'm Alex, and with me in the studio today is... Tim. Tom. Tom. Um, yeah, I... Say your name. Okay, Tom died. Uh, Tom's here, and Adam will be joining us shortly. And we also have some fantastic guests today. Uh, members of the uh, Pennsylvania Survival Fest admin team. So I believe we have Mike. Hi. Uh, Kelsey. Hello. And I believe we also have a brain with us as well. Wait, you said fantastic guests, and then you added me. Oh, yeah. Kick you him are out. fantastic. Kick him out. Aww. Aww. <laughs> All right. Um, so yeah, we're going to be talking today all about Pennsylvania Survival Fest, which is coming up this summer, this June. It's going to be a uh, multi-day Nerf extravaganza with a fantastic-sounding HVZ component. So we're going to uh, we'll discuss that more in a minute. Tim, do you want to take over? What's first? Um, well, we got any uh, recent projects we want to talk about? Well, I, I have one since since Adam's not with us yet. Um, and if he doesn't want me to talk about it, too bad. He's not here to say no right now. Uh, Adam is working on the Old Fusion Designs Quick 2. So the Quick, oh. was, his, yeah, the quick was his first blaster uh, with the Flycore system. Uh, very well received. And then he did the Meowser. And as he put it, he learned a lot doing the Meowser. And now he's revisiting the Quick and updating it. And it's pretty freaking awesome. Uh, so I'm doing the beta test uh, for that, and I have a quick two sitting next to me right here, and it's fantastic. And I'm not going to say anything more about that, but just wait. It'll be great. Well, also, since uh, we last recorded the Meowser, uh, what was it? The Annoyed Meowser official release came out, too. That's right. That's right. It did. So you can have your clicky clacky solenoid goodness it's now. No, no longer a forbidden kitten. Well, the forbidden kitten is still there using the other solenoid, which we will not speak of. Uh, <laughs> How long is the pusher on it? Which pusher on which? The 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 forbidden cat. I once had uh, a push Adam totally this long. Oh. <laughs> That one uses a 15 millimeter solenoid, the forbidden forbidden, whereas the current one uses like a, I don't know, what's the throw on that, like 29 millimeters or something? It's a lot better, the neutron solenoid. Um, but yeah, so. Damn, that means I need to name an, uh, uh, an annoyed cat, Jimmy. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so annoyed Meowser came out, and then he jumped right into Quick 2, is doing a beta for that, and he's got a lot of other works, so. My current projects have kind of been piggybacking on Adam's current projects because I take part in just about all of his betas. I don't do the booper betas because I don't have any 40 max shells. But besides that, um trying to think if there's anything else I have done recently. I have like a whole litter of, of kittens here of uh, annoyed meowsers that were betas and some for the shop. And yeah, new printer. I got a new printer sitting in a box. Got to put that together. 
But yeah, so I got I got more upcoming projects than anything else right now. But how about you guys? Well, I uh, recently updated a few blasters before they move on to uh, new forever homes. Um, worked on um, putting a half dart pusher and uh, a lower crush cage into my desolator before uh, Tom adopted that. He's finishing up the last few things to to make that half dart HVZ legal. Um, and then I also um, moved my FDL-2X back into its original Project FDL shell and then uh, did a half dart pusher on that. And that will be going uh, to rehome with one of our moderators uh it's gunther uh so he will be joining oh, nice. the fdlo ship <laughs> um so yeah there was a mad uh saturday of of modding uh in my house i also posted a picture in our quiet on the set chat for our uh our patreons to see um we've made some upgrades to the recording equipment um you know we now have uh three computers uh, besides my primary one, all to listen to hosts and guests, which uh, hopefully just uh, improves the audio quality. Um, I, I still have to do some work on the, the third uh, one, but um, that would give us a total of four machines that can listen to people, um, which just, it breaks everything out. So like, you know, pretty much the NSA. <laughs> like if my wife walks in and hands me a handful of Taco Bell while Alex or Tom is talking, I don't have to worry about potentially wiping out something they said to get rid of the crinkling of paper. It's the Tower of Babylon. <laughs> yeah, so that's the type of stuff that our Patreon money supports. Um, the, um, the setup has three computers with one mouse, one keyboard, uh, one monitor on a KVM switch that I actually have a... Uh, remote over on my desk so I can hit the buttons for the monitor and switch between the different computers just to make sure that nothing funky is happening with the other computers. So that's really cool. Tech improvements. Yeah, yeah. always a good thing. All right, so Tom's back. Adam's here now. So Tom, Yay. what have you been working on? I have been one working on my printer trying to get that functional. Yeah. Our Patreons have been very helpful with that along with Alex. Yeah, we'll uh, we'll finish getting that one sorted just out. His, um, yeah, I purchased Tim's Desolator and working on converting that to half length, but for that I need the printer, so it's like one of those chicken or the egg kind of things. But it seems like it should be very doable. I just need to print some stuff and a little bit of Dremel work, and then we should be good. So are you printing a mag adapter now, or you already ordered the worker flywheel mag Yeah, yeah, I've got that. I, I need to reprint the uh, pusher that you gave me. Really? What's what's? Uh... No, because remember we we thought that we could um shave that down enough where it would push in without needing the uh, oh. other mag adapter. Okay, so you so I just need to reprint that, so it'll be it'll be easy enough to do. Gotcha, gotcha. Adam, what's up? What you been up to? Uh, I don't know, man. Just a bunch of projects. Been yeah. Uh, I, already told him, nice... I, already, I already told him about the beta. Oh yeah. Heckling our our nice organizers for PASF about various things, which they have responded very graciously about. It's true. It's weird uh, being on the other end of heckling. It's true. It wasn't heckling. So, it's 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 all pure love. 
pure adulterated adulterated love it's okay i get it all i get it all the time with all of my stuff so now we just tell you you need to not be so hard on yourself and oh when's when's noidcore and when's this and when's oh is it me it's uh straight mag quick uh, oh and is there a solenoid straight mag quick what <sighs> yeah it's all it's all good it sucks to make things that people love doesn't it i just uh well mm. i can go back to asking you about the power strike 72 <laughs> you know there's five letters i'm thinking of it's actually four letters in a number. Rip. Well, now I got I got I got some reciprocal relationship with Brad, so if I ever do come out with a power strike kit, I can get it in SLS. I have one of the like smaller power strike things. Like it's the same mechanism, but it's like way tinier. And I want to half dart it. But I'm scared to open that thing up. Adam does not wish to speak of this project. Uh, yeah, just the power strike is a, a giant pain in the butt. Yeah, you said you fin like thought you had finished it, and then it like exploded into a million parts or something. Yeah, I mean, there's just some stuff for it that is just really hard to print. So it it's it is what it is. I'll come back to it at some point, but for now, I gotta progress the train that is Flycore. Yeah, it's your moneymaker, I get it. It is. Chug a chug of that choo choo. You could you could make Blisscore and just shut so many people up. Yeah, and then nobody would build it. You know, you could just Bl call Bliss? the next blaster Bliss. Blit <laughs> just like that's there it is. Here you go. Go away. Um really it's just like just if somebody asks me about Bliss, just go, just go build a Mjolnir. That's that's pretty much. That's just do that. That's great. I mean, and then add a touchscreen or something. Rip off uh, what you call it, Ultrasonics touchscreen code, and ta-da! Uh, I see. Mike Brain, uh, Brain. I know. Yeah. I know you have a, a recent project. I was gonna. Go last, and then I can segue because I'm good at making non sequiturs. Perfect. <laughs> Mike or uh, Widow, either you guys have. Um, my 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 big thing, other than the reason why we're all here, was, and I've talked about this with some people, but I love my FDL, but with the fact that they are no longer in service, and you know things get old. Um, I had made the decision at the end of last summer or beginning of the fall that it was time to retire it. Um, and by retire, I mean, it's going to sit on a shelf to be pulled back out later. Um, I was going to say, I know a guy that would buy it from you. <laughs> <laughs> um, as a result, the hunt for its, its main replacement when I'm, you know, going to events or playing um, had begun. And, there was a lot. Um, tried a Mark III, tried a bunch of different stuff. You had a Griffin at um, it. Yeah, that didn't last long. I was, there were too many things that needed reprinted, and it was just becoming uh, frustrating at best to try and have it just 
simple and operational. Um, so the decision, or the thing I have settled on for the moment, I have it needs a little more tweaking, but it's about eighty percent of the way there. Give it a new cage. Um. Well, I mean that Griffin is now in like a hundred pieces because I used its guts for other things. <laughs> um. In true nerf fashion. Um. Well, brain, where do you think my strife for pit tech came from? Yep. Oh. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> um. So the the thing I have the other thing I had learned through the full set of games and trying to find a solid um, replacement primary was that as much as I love the FDL and everything it has to offer, it was very overkill for how I play, what I play, what I normally do while playing HTC. And so the conclusion, the big, how, what we have now is um, I ended up doing an integrated strife um so if you haven't seen one before they had a little bit of popularity uh or they they exist they're not super common which is part of the other reason i really like it where you take a strife you cut about two inches out of the middle um and you end up with a strife that is built for half lengths um doesn't need a, a mag adapter or any of that funkiness, it just takes talons. And so I have one of those now. I love it. It needs a little tweaking with the cage and wheels before I head to my next wave of games. Uh, because right now I'm running in at um, Michelle 2's. A thing we determined that it was a 43 millimeter cage and stock wheels. Which, if you've never run something like that, uh, it's an adventure. Because um, what basically had concluded was about every tenth or so dart just kind of fell out of it. <laughs> Do you think it's the stock wheels? Uh, yes. Because firing that thing was like firing a... Um, the joke was, it was a slot machine. Because you never knew whether you'd get an actual well-shooting dart or whether you would just get something that fell at your feet. Like... 10 feet in front of you. And just don't shoot at zombies further than 10 feet. Guaranteed. <laughs> um, it actually worked in my favor because it led to this thing at one of the games where people would think I jammed <laughs> because either a dart would poop or things would, things wouldn't look right. And so they'd use that opportunity to rush me. And then, you know, the next three or four darts came out beautifully and it just, it was almost like I could intentionally make it look like I jammed and I was having a field day with that. Mike going for the psychological game. Play <laughs> oh, yeah. one one three nine. That's how we're gonna play PASF. We're all just gonna keep yelling, I'm jammed and then shoot people. Damn. So better than what we were yelling at End War eighteen. <laughs> oh no. Oh still my favorite mission ever. Oh don't worry. It um what was I gonna say? Um, oh, sorry, I was thinking End War 22 and what we were all yelling. <laughs> and then I heard it's my favorite mission ever. That doesn't track. Oh, yeah. You yeah, there was a honky in the tree. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, yeah, I remember it. I won't forget it. <laughs> I was there. I did that. All right, let's see who else. Uh, Kelsey, what have you been working on? Any recent <laughs> projects? 
besides PASF? Well, besides that, I'll be honest. Uh, you guys are all great. You guys are all so smart when it comes to working on blasters and building stuff. And I'm just over here being like, yeah, I know where my strength's in HVZ and like nerf line. It's not that, yeah. <laughs> regrettably. Yeah, but your cosplay is on point. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, oh gosh, if we we would be here way too long if I started talking about that. Um, <laughs> but nerf wise, it it is my most recent project, even though she is a little bit old now. But sadly, I have a the, the the global stuff to thank for the fact that she didn't get debuted when I actually built her. But um, my most recent project is my baby, my love, my Prometheus rifle widowmaker. Nice. She intimidates a lot of people. <laughs> Very cool. Yeah. yeah, I I like I like hearing like what you like about that and like what Mike's saying where it's it's kind of old school stuff like it's not outdated, but like integration type work isn't as common anymore. Yeah. And so it's really cool that it's, that, that there's stuff still around, whether it's like an old project that's, that's seeing life or revisiting kind of an older concept with a new blaster. That's doing that. It's really cool. Well, it, it's actually a funny story that, um, Widowmaker was actually a spite project. Um, I had been wanting to do it for a while, but again, like I said, I'm not the best when it comes to the electrical work. I knew I could integrate her. I like I had everything to do it. I knew I could paint her up to make her look pretty, but the electrical work intimidated me so much that I kind of sat on it. And it actually wasn't until um a beloved fellow um uh Penn State guy. Uh, got on me one day saying, oh, you're not going to do it because you can't do it. And it was right before Christmas break. So I spent my entire Christmas break doing project and I had another friend come over and do the um, the electrical. So our first game back, I walked in with it and went, oh, I can't do it, right? Damn. <laughs> Man, that's the way to do it. Nice. Yeah. All right. Speaking, and then, speaking of prom rifles, yeah, so, brain. What have you been working on? So, as is dictate throughout most of my life, a lot of my cho- life choices have been made because of because intimidating women inspire me. Um, that explains my taste in music. It explains one of my tattoos, and it also explains how I have my own Prometheus rifle that I've been working on. Um, because I had a Prometheus sitting around. I don't know how I got it. Um, I think it might have been at a neon war. Um, and I have had a Prome- or no, a stampede that I thrifted. And initially I was like, oh, I need a Centurion or a Thunderhawk. Then I need to go thrifting again and find it to make a rifle. Because um, shout out to my former co-host, Scotty. Um, he was like, hey, Maryland's going to have 300 people. Do you have anything with more oomph that I could borrow? Because my kids get built for small games now. And I'm like... I could give you more mags. That's about the best I can do. And then I remembered I have a Prometheus and a, you know, Thumbwell stock rifle thing that I'm not going to do anything with at this point. Um, so I hacked the ass end of my Stampede off and 
made my own Prometheus rifle that way because that, that way I would have native battery storage and I don't know, the Stampede stock just feels like really good. And also I had all the bits so I could just make it and a lot of the lines just kind of made sense as I was looking at any, everything. So that's been my biggest project and it has in-character PASF references on it. That's for you all to find out, but it sure does have them. I totally assumed right. that like you were making this as a prop for PASF. No, not even a little. I just wanted to make it. Because um, I I have also designed most of my HVZ kit around, like, you know, a 50-player game where I only need, like, a Tachi mag and just let me keep loading that. But if the entire horde is 100 players, I can't deal with that anymore. One mag, one tag. Besides baby. running. Yeah, that means I tag one zombie and then promptly die, and I want to tag at least ten. Like, I'm with you on one mag, one tag. But I figure one hopper, one tag is the way to go. Um, so that has been a big project because it's an in-depth project and like... Oh, that's the other thing. If any of you guys have a 3D pen for whatever reason, that is a fantabulous way to do gap filling. Like, if you're overzealous with your cutting for an integration, you can now, like, 3D sketch, print, draw, whatever, your gap fill. Like, you just create new shell. And so I have this really not natural and certainly not uniform, but I didn't have to, like, make choice individual cuts and make, like, a stained glass nerf shell. I just drew in the fill. So you're saying I should... 3D pen draw of Flycore like, Blaster. Yes! Absolutely. Do it. <laughs> oh my goodness. Um, and then, to do that segue that I promised, um, the other big project with my other illustrious co-guests, um, we've been working on a vaguely national HVZ game called PA Survival Fest. Hello! Bum, 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 bum. International. Oh yeah, it is yeah. international. We got Canadians. Yeah. Oh, wait, no, and we have a British person, don't we? No. No. We're not yet. We're working on that, damn it. <laughs> so, but, tell us about uh, yeah. how this came to be. Okay. It, it, for this, we have, we, have to, we have to take a bit of a road trip here. Um, back some odd many months ago to... I'm gonna stop. Let's let's first tell all the listeners what exactly it is. Like, what does this okay. whole thing entail? And then let's hear how we got there. Let's not bury the lead. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, Pennsylvania Survival Fest is a at least this year it is going to be a two day event, um, a Friday Saturday deal, which will fe- Friday will have the Foam Nation and the Oh yeah, edition competition along with panels and guests and a mini convention floor, um, as well as a chance to try out some of the illustrious Detroit Z13 in person. What? Um, so if you have been interested or following the content of both this podcast and what the hosts do with their local stuff. This is a chance for them to get to showcase that um, beyond just their the local 
organization and those that are able to make the trip to Detroit when they have them. Um, and then Saturday is going to be a full day of HVZ. It's going to be a full-length game with something for everyone, no matter your play style, ability level, interest in HVZ, you will find something to do over the course of the day. Very cool. Um, and then the long-term thing would be to eventually add Sunday to it this year, since it is kind of the inaugural year, and it's like the first year with this campus, um, and it's the new campus. Yeah, it is this the this campus is new to HVZ. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, as such, we do want to you know respect the campus and the people there, so we're kind of using Sunday as a huge cleanup day. And I know anyone that I it also gives people um, a chance to travel home. Uh, those that are willing to stick around and help clean up, we greatly appreciate it. And we might be working on for y'all. That is a we'll find out. That's being handled by France Foamworks, which is also the business and organization that is handling Friday's convention. Um, so and they have been insurance. a. <laughs> yes, they have been a Josh and his people and all of them have been an amazing part of making this happen. Um, I cannot thank them enough. All right. So now um, that we know what it is, how did we get here? So, so Mike created a crash. Discord chat with Kelsey <laughs> and I, and then I asked, so I bet you're wondering why you're all gathered here. And then Mike said, shut up, that's my line, and take it away. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, France Foamworks has been around for a while, um, and I have had the chance to um, work with Josh when he has graciously sponsored the games at Grove City College that I ran while a college student. And he's done local club wars in Altoona, which is in the center of Pennsylvania. Um, you know, I'm in Pennsylvania, he's in Pennsylvania, we run into each other often. And so he has, we have always talked about the idea of putting something like this on. Um, it just really needed a, we both want to commit to it. And so um, after attending and or last year, all of its bumps, bruises, issues, positives, because I do think there were some positives of that event and that experience. Um, Someone I've, facilitating that space is empirically a good idea. Yes. Um, the On the ride home, thinking about it, and thinking about what I did at Grove City, and I mean, you can go back and listen to, about, to the episodes from those things and the stuff that I helped Geneva with. Um, it became very realistic to me that HVZ, as a game, as a culture, as an experience... Um, was kind of being shelved in many places for a lot more competitive stuff. Um, the amount of, if you were to have asked me, um, hey, I'm trying to start something at my school back before COVID, I would have said, you want to do something novel, do competitive 5v5. Because back then there was like maybe one group doing it. Mm -hmm. um, now there's... I mean, just this year alone, in the Northeast, there are at least, um, Northeast, Midwest, I'm going to 
expand that a little bit more region-wise. There is one, two, three, four, five, at least four or five competitive 5v5 tournaments being held by different organizations throughout 2023. And so a very big part of this was we want to bring H we really want to bring HVZ back to the quality and care that it was way back when. And we wanted to really focus in on that because of there being such a huge hobby focus towards the competitive 5v5 was we wanted to kind of bring back honestly my part about the hobby as a whole. Um, we do during the oh yeah edition competition is actually going to be a competitive tournament. It will actually be a blaster skills tournament. So um, similar to if you've ever seen people talk about the idea of a three gun with real steel firearms, it's going to be something along the lines of that. The rules are still in their like final editing phases, but those should be coming along shortly, so people have time to plan and prepare. Uh, that can all be found through the Facebook group for Film Nation and all of their social medias when that comes out. So, started with, I called Josh, France Homeworks, said, hey, I think we should do this. Um, then it turned into, okay, we need a venue. Um, there were a few different places we tried, some place, and it took a little bit. We eventually did find Mount Aloysius College. Um, we have been very thankful to them for allowing us to do this. Um, and we also, so we started venue hunting in August. I think we nailed down something by October. The, the simple timeline is August. We agreed we were doing this, and I grabbed Brain and Kelsey and said, hey, you want to do a thing? Um, and so that's when they got brought on. Um, our core moderator team, there are nine of us, plus check the, the stuff. I think there's four baby, or four, like, junior mods. Um, but of the nine, four of them I personally invited. I said, I've seen you guys do good work. I know you guys care about the hobby. I know you guys care about HVZ specifically. Let's do this. Um, and then we did actually open up applications. And then I did interviews. And there was a whole process to it that was um, fairly thorough in terms of finding the right people and the right group to put this on. And I think and I believe we found those people. I wrote really good um, questions that I don't remember. Uh, I wrote really good interview questions that I don't remember. Well, if yeah. You wrote them, where's your piece of well, I don't know. Deep in a chat somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. Um so we so there were interviews and a lot of discussion on the applicants from the people that I had personally asked to join. Um and so by mid November we had everything figured out. Um we did the original event announcement. Even though we hadn't, we were still debating between a couple sets of days. We originally did the big, hey, this is an event back Christmas. We had a Christmas Day launch. 10 a.m. that day was when the first video went live. Um, since then, we have had a chance to get all nine of us to walk campus. So all of us have seen the place in person. We have a solid understanding of what campus looks like and what spaces we have to work with. Um, we have been... At this point, 
with the exception of a couple details of how certain objectives are working, the thing the game is written. I'm gonna say that we we wrote a game, then we rewrote a game, and we made some edits, and now we're to a point where we know from a even though we don't necessarily know all the technical details conceptually, we know what's gonna happen that day. Um, so that has been no small undertaking on any one person's part. Um, from the video recording to the editing to the social media posts, there's a level of quality and care that I don't think you will find with any other event currently being put on. Awesome. Now, so your role is game director, is that correct? Yes. Okay. And we talked to, you talked a little bit about like your background with Grove City um, yep. and stuff like that. So I want to kind of jump over to your minions here i'll call them your partners so so since since brain went last with the projects he'll go last again so kelsey Damn. Um, <laughs> so what is your role in all of this what is your title my official title is uh head writer creative gremlin and Sadly, because I'm going before Brain, uh-huh. I, am the sec- I am the second devil on Mike's shoulder. Uh-huh. All right, so you're you're the story person. Am I kind of getting that sense? Uh, yes. Um, okay. I, I will say it's not been 100% me. It has very much been a team effort. I have, I have been more as a getting the overall point, uh, kind of building the lore, keeping it straight. And that's been a huge undertaking oh, is yeah. keeping the lore straight. Oh, absolutely. Um, <laughs> because I, I cannot, like, even now I'm giggling a little bit knowing, like, the intense level of detail and the twists and turns of just the story that we're trying to tell. It, it just makes me giddy because I cannot wait for the players to play out the story. Gotcha. Now, I would I would be remiss if I didn't ask, is there any hint you can drop an exclusive preview only on Detroit Dart Talk? Well. I told you I was going to pick questions that I didn't think you could answer. <laughs> I know. You did, you did get me with this one. But it, it's just one of those things of I, I can't say anything because the director's sitting right there. And as a researcher, I really can't give out details without the director's prerogative. Fair enough. I'm trying to think if there's something we can we can outright divulge right now. Um I like what I just told Kelsey. Oh, oh, oh yeah, no. <laughs> uh n- no. It it is one of those things of brain thankfully did remind me of something that I I uh, can divulge of Ooh. 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 Oh, yeah. <laughs> All right, guys. You, you heard it here first. <laughs> yeah. Call, call yep, it sure. out. Let's see. Well, I mean, who was the of Endor 4? That's a loaded question. I'll shut up now. <laughs> I'll shut up now. We can't see. Yeah. That. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I, I, yeah. We'll take that. And if you have somehow deceived us, you will earn our ire later. Uh, (laughs) And the ire of the entire Detroit Dart Talk fan base. Please. I can't wait. That sounds amazing. Let's go. (laughs) 
<laughs> it's it's one of those things of I I would never lie to the lovely operatives of Detroit Dark Talk. All right, so I will up. and have and will. <laughs> follow up question then on the story thing, since that's our hint. Um, mm-hmm. Is there anything in particular that you can tell us that doesn't give away any secrets that you're just really excited for, like story wise? Like, is there something that's going to set this game apart in your mind, um, special, or is it just like you're doing a cohesive story and that's something that like a lot of HVZs have been lacking? Honestly, it's a it's a bit of both. Okay. Um, it it is very much a yeah, it's a bit of both. On there are some twists and turns that have been written that are super exciting. There are some story points that I have not seen in other HVZ games, and that's not saying that other HVZ games like have been lacking in that regard. It's just when you have a group coming together from such a diverse and eclectic HVZ background magic kind of happens um that and i think that's one of our biggest strengths is unlike a lot of events that are going on that it's one school it's one mod team and it's one way of hvz the fact that all of us are coming together it's one of those brains from university of pittsburgh and runs around ohio so he's bringing that experience to the table i am from penn state rest in peace penn state hvz um, it's all right. Bringing in, you. I know it's fine, but bringing in all of that background that I have, along with Spike from Grove City, and there's other schools and other members involved um, that we're bringing in a little piece of everything. For 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 the official count, there is um. Well, we have Brain pulling the Ohio stuff. Kelsey's got Penn State. We have. Someone from UMBC and from, like, that background. We have a couple people from RIT. Um, and then we have, like, Luke from Geneva. And then there's some other people, um, some younger Grove City blood thrown in there. And so what it has really allowed is... Um, it, it has really allowed probably um, one of the most unique story most unique game um the fact that we have sat down and just talked about how each school does special zombies and what kind of rules and what those may look like and function and there is a comprehensive list that we have that actually has it pulled from like four or five different places just this master list and so as we are nailing down what specials we want to have when and how we want to include them into missions. Um, there, There is a list that I think is larger than any singular compilation of special zombies, super zombies, whatever you want to call them. Mike, you and I are going to have anywhere? to talk later. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, he needs we'll, to we'll definitely be talking later. <laughs> but, yeah. Alright. Very cool. Yeah. Your stuff did make the list. It's in there. No, 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 no. <laughs> because uh, there exists, uh, inspired by um, the other podcast sponsor of uh, PA Survival Fest, um, a document that was put out to the general community called 
the standard book of no the special book of standard specials and it sounds like uh, i may need to uh speak to you about some updates Ooh. Ah. i mean especially after this game because we made a whole host of new ones Ooh. yeah we did do that yes all right well that's uh that's actually something that I can talk about that I'm excited that's a little less story, but is a huge thing that I am personally excited about is the system that we have in place that allows our zombies to become even more interactive and not just a mindless horde running around. I was about to ask about that, so very good timing. Is there anything you can share with us on that regard? Uh, yes, it, uh, because it was, uh, explained out in our player's handbook that went out about a week to a week and a half ago. And where can um, people find that player's handbook? Uh, we have released it on our Facebook. We also released it on our Instagram, but the big place that you can find it now as of yesterday is the game discord that we set up for our players, not only as a central point of contact, but also as a bit of an interactive experience before they get to Mount Aloysius in June. It, and it's an experience, let me tell you. Um, <laughs> one, one thing we are actually planning and hoping to use the Discord for, as well as the fact that we've been doing YouTube videos, and all of the updates have also hit YouTube as well, is... Um, the plan is during the week leading up to that weekend, actually doing live streamed live virtual safety briefings so that you can log in. There's going to be a system that we're in the process of working out so that we can keep track of who's actually there and who's actually paying attention. But there will be a way to get a full clarified safety briefing with Q&A before you get to campus. That's not to say we won't have multiple in-person ones, both on Friday and one Saturday morning, but we are trying to do this to make sure that before the game starts, everyone knows the rules, everyone knows what's going on. This is, for as simplified as we have made the rules, it is a new rule set, there are new things to it, um, and so we want to make sure everyone has an idea or an understanding, or has the ability to learn what's going on. Okay. I love cool. it. All right, yeah. so back to the topic before <laughs> I segue us unintentionally. What, oh, no, you're what, fine. What, what are the, what's this zombie thing? What are, why are zombies special at PASF? They are special at uh, PASF because not only are we banking on the standard, like, giving zombies... Whether they're doing well or whether we just think something they did in the prior mission was cool. Or maybe or maybe not finding some shinies hidden around campus. Hint, hint. Uh, zombies have the opportunity to not only earn perps, but they have opportunities to earn what we have named singular weak points and special bandanas. Oh, interesting. Yes. So, zombie yeah. player, play your hearts out at PASF, and you might be special. Now, Mike, I know you mentioned singular weak point yep. in one of your videos. You want to recap that for our listeners who may not have caught that video yet? Sure. Um, 
singular weak point, or SWP as it'll be abbreviated in a lot of the nomenclature, is um, a way to take the tiered ammo system that uh, the Pennsylvania schools were kind of trying to hone in on in the last year and cleans it up, refines it, makes it a little bit easier to digest for newer players or for just people coming to a an event to this event for the first time, which, you know, everyone will be. Um, I think the easiest way to clarify this is to give a little more of the technical detail on the zombies. Um, so the way it's working is all zombies, regardless who you are, have four would have been dubbed modifiers. Um, modifier is just a generic term. It's something that we can keep consistent um, that come in different forms. There are the two perks. So if you're used to Ohio or End War, that's your noodle, that's your shield, that's your spitterball horde egg, that's a perk. You have two hands, you can have two perks. Yes, that means you can get dual-wielding zombies. The single weak point comes into play as a flag football belt that when a zombie is wearing it, there will each one will have its own color, and each color will be tied to an ammo type. For this year, we have Socks, Mega, and then Mega XL and Rocket. Depending on what color that is, that becomes the only thing that the zombie wearing it can be stunned with. It becomes the singular weak point of the zombie. Um, what this allows for is it maybe rewards people with more diverse loadouts. It's a way to kind of help break up the monotonous horde of just charge and hope someone gets through. Um, it really adds a level to the game that I'll really require or what really we're hoping to see is more diversified loadouts and like what people take onto the field with them, as well as opportunities for those that maybe want to run silly things. Um, go in with your boomdozer and you actually could be the hero of the day if you run into some Mega XL zombies, uh, or zombies with the Mega XL weak point. And so it kind of rewards people for a more diversified loadout. That's not to say that there aren't going to be opportunities for those with, like, the proton packs or the big heavy blasters. There will be opportunities for both types of players to shine throughout the game. Awesome. How integrated into the game will this uh, SWP um, system ooh, ooh, be? Pick me. Ooh, ooh, pick me. Um, um, I'm going to answer it anyway. Cause, um, <laughs> so, like, I guess what I'm getting, like, someone who no, who doesn't have mega xl at their disposal so are they going to get I think, screwed i think that's a perfectly valid question um and honestly because we are very active across all of our respective discords mostly this one for me um and there is valid criticism like not everyone's going to have that and it is the duty of the people facilitating an hvz game to see what their players come in with and adapt their game accordingly. If everyone decides to troll us and show up with jolts and hammer shots, we'll write the game accordingly, and we will probably not have a lot of ammo-specific specials. 
most people have socks, so I would say that you will almost certainly see those come out. Um, but if we really see a bunch of people with Proud Papas, heck yeah, we'll throw the Mega and the Mega XL zombies at you. Um, I am making it my mission to bring loners so that we cover our ass and say, yep, you sure can stun every zombie we throw at you, because I brought the stuff for it. Um, so yeah, just... We will do what we can yeah. to tailor the game as we see fit. And, you know, the players, I don't want to say that a lot of HVZs become players versus mods, but there is an element of balancing a game. And this is a challenge for us. And we want it to be a challenge for you guys because I hate seeing cool stuff just carried or left in the briefing room. Yeah. Um, the. The the simple way to put it, and this is a term that has been used, I know it's very popular with RIT, is single weak point, um, as well as all of the modifiers for zombies in RIs are very much seen as some of that will be pre-planned, and we'll have some idea of what's showing up when. Um, but the weak point stuff specifically is very much going to be a we will read the room and plan accordingly. It's a um, a, a lever that we can pull or a button we can hit, a way to help adjust difficulty if, say, the humans are performing perfectly and just completely blew through the first mission, um, but we see a lot of Proud Papas or a lot of stuff people have brought to accommodate that, then we will we will kind of respond to that. We want you to use everything you brought. You totally just read my mind. I Like, I have echoes of Liam talking about a lever he can pull. <laughs> yep, that's yeah. absolutely RIT verbiage to a team. Yeah. 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 It's the best way to describe how we plan on using them at this point. And if for some reason that were to change... We would make sure that we would let everyone know for whatsoever reason that is. I mean, you guys, well, two, two-thirds of you have played at Z13. You know, you know how we will adjust things on the fly, so clearly we're big yep. fans of, of tailoring the game to the players. So I remember when we had to run around the boomer in the laser tag arena. <laughs> we don't speak of those times. <laughs> All right, so... We've talked to two of the three, and now it's Brain's turn. Brain, what what are you what are you doing? Um, What's so your purpose? I think my uh, I passed butter. Uh, my official, my super official job is head of rules because Mike has seen me be very emphatic throughout my games about the safety of the players and the pedestrians and also I have seen a breadth of rule sets since I've played basically everywhere that we pluck our talent from and so I've kind of seen how players respond to each thing um, the the biggest contention point right now talking we're going to the hot button issues guys um, the thing that I am plucking from Maryland in particular is the 120 FPS cap because when I see blasters skirting the 130 cap I'm a tougher person I like to think and 
I'm fine getting hit with a 130 blaster, but after taking the same five darts in the same spot on my face throughout my zombie charges, I get tired of that. But when I was a zombie at Maryland, I thought, you know, this isn't that bad. And when I've played at New York and they have the cap of 100, 110, same thing. I feel fine. And so I think that 120 is a great way to showcase the modding community, especially since everyone can get like a 3D printed cage. Just take your favorite blaster, make the cage half a millimeter wider. You're probably falling within our cap now. Um, and so, yeah, I've just, Mike has seen me get supercharged about the safety and enjoyment of the players and just kind of what rules make sense for a campus and what rules just kind of need to be left by the wayside because they're a non-issue for people and also really don't play in traffic because cars will fucking kill you um and then my more tongue-in-cheek role is to be affectionately the devil on mike's shoulder because i think when mike initially got kelsey and i together to say like hey i can't uh, i'm josh and i are doing this but i want you guys to help too that was to kind of so that he had two people to make sure that he was going in the right direction. And a lot of the time the question comes up, wait, can really, we really do this to people? And I'm like, yes, we can. We should. They'll be fine. <laughs> yeah. That's come up a few times. I want to come back to the devil on Mike's shoulder. The devil's on Mike's shoulder in a minute. Is there any rule or rule-like thing that you are particular besides the FPS cap, uh, maybe like safety rules that you're particularly proud of or that's really different, like people might not expect to see at this event? Uh, so to quote my favorite meme of all time, where it's been presenting Ultralord to the class for the seventh time in a row, this is like the tenth time that we've had End War rules for a game that Mike's <laughs> put on. Um... And so, in that regard, I would say no. There's no real surprises. Um, okay. Endor doesn't I allow very... throwables. Oh yeah. Okay. So I guess that's new. We allow foam throw throwables. I don't care what you throw at people as long as it doesn't hurt. Um, okay. Or that it's a dead bird. Don't throw that biologically <laughs> hurts. Don't throw dead birds at people. Um, or live birds because that physically and biologically hurts people. What um, about peeps? Should we should we just ban those right now? No food, uh... I think, is a rule. What about yeah. plush? Plush peeps. Can plush we ban peeps plush are peeps? perfectly fine. Oh, I, will I think, we should, I think for safety reasons, we might should ban those for a certain player. Uh, okay, anyway. you, can, you can ban plush the, peeps at your games all you want. <laughs> I'm kidding. The, the one rule I will state that is maybe a little more unusual, um, especially to people that are newer to HVZ that really didn't play much prior to COVID or stayed very local prior to COVID is um, we, with the way the bandanas are, is there is actually specific arms that the bandanas need to be on, whether you are a player or a moderator or oh, zombie. Um, and so that becomes, and what's really nice is, um, and I hope I remember these off the top of my head. I should remember off the top of my head. The left, the left arm is primarily in-game stuff, so 
your in-game role, whether you're an NPC or whether you are a player, will be denoted by the left arm, and then the color change is obviously based on the role within that. The right arm is more like out-of-game stuff, so if you're a mod or a medic, um, those will go up on the left arm, or on the right arm, um, and they, and so what you'll end up seeing is if, um, so like, the zombie moderator, um, and the horde leader, and any of the moderators that are helping run the horde, control the zombies, um, you'll see them with blue armbands, because they are moderators, as well as the respective, like, yellow headband when they're close. Okay. Um, and so that is something I know I know Penn State was very big in doing that and actually using multiple bands on like even yeah. the players. Um I know while there wasn't a particular arm, I know that um Bowling Green was always really picky that it was being shown. So like if you were wearing a coat tied around your leg. Um it's something that has existed, but um, and it helps from, like, our standpoint, or, or if there's an emergency, being able to know, like, who the medics are, um, it makes that a lot easier and less confusing. It means that you... But it's I, not... I think, ultimately, it means that you don't have four armbands on one arm. That and is also so true. You can't quite tell what all someone is. Like, you will see the medic bandana or the mod bandana very prominently. Yeah. Gotcha. All right, my last rules question. It's a doozy. Can zombies ride bikes? No. <laughs> no. Oh. Vehicles are not in play. I will so bikes, your are, bike. bikes are officially considered a vehicle? Yes. Yes. Okay. A okay. A vehicle is anything... Hold on. I, I, had, I had this, like, fully in my head at one point. But a vehicle is anything where your feet are not on the ground. Alright, follow-up question to be a troll. Heelys. No. Um, your no. feet are not touching the ground. Okay. Also, I just want to shout out this campus really quick. They have little, like, pedal cars. Like, it's like a bike pedal system, but it's a car. And you, they, they, you uh -huh. can just drive around campus. There were two of those. I wanted to use one while we were visiting. So it's a pedal car, not like a Flintstones car? No, no, it's not. No. no, it's not Flintstones. They're, they're, I was yeah, there's like, because then your feet would be touching the ground and <laughs> it'd be legal. Yeah, sadly, no. Can I roll up in a Flintstones car for this? No. Because right, you fine. can make it so that your feet aren't touching the ground for an extended period of time. I can do that normally. Damn. Levitation. <laughs> <sighs> All right. So, where was I going? Oh, the devils on Mike's shoulder. You guys have both mentioned that. So I'm going to come back to Mike then. Mike, how, yeah. have these, how have these devils steered you in various directions? Is there any, um, any examples you can share with us about how your, your admin team has kind of helped mold you or maybe changed your mind on things? That's a very incisive so, question. I like it. I'm a very yeah, incisive so person. Well, I can't give necessarily a specific example. Um, off the top of my head, other than you'll see um, when we, you'll see during the game, okay. but um, in a lot of my game running um, and designing, um, 
I have had the notorious bad habit of wanting to favor humans um, until I until it becomes like absolutely necessary for me to just do a stupid heavy hard mission. Um, the two of both Brain and Kelsey have been integral in this mindset of humans are better than you think. Just 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 do it, and um, it has very much led to a lot of. Things I maybe wouldn't have considered actually being put into place. Um, it's very much a. Um, it's very much been as Brain had described um, many times, where like, do you think this will? Do you think we should do this? And then it becomes a. It's not that we should do this, but we must do this. Um, and honestly. Um, one of the things that I've enjoyed about this whole process is, well, yes, officially I am the game director. I am the head person in charge. Uh, I am the manager, if you want to make those jokes. Um, but with a lot of the planning up until this point, um, I just kind it has been very much more of, I am going to sit there, listen to everyone else's ideas, and kind of more just be that, like, mediary as discussion is occurring, whether that becomes a how do we get ideas to work together or how do we further develop an idea. Um, Congrats, you've so become I Anna. Just, huh? <laughs> Congrats, you've become Anna. Yeah. And I mean that with all due respect. Yeah, I, I think my biggest input in this game, in any of the designing thus far was a, hey, what if XYZ happened? And that was, like, the line that started us down um, the story. And other than that, I've just been kind of... And I think my ability to do that has come from the fact that at Grove City, I worked very hard to try and pull other ideas, pull new ideas um, from different schools to bring stuff together so it's just kind of made it very easy for me to just pull what everyone else has either come up with an idea or wants to try something or i mean there's the list of specials that are basically all new um and so that was something that it was okay how do we make that work with some of the other mission designs um I can't stress enough how much every person that has been in every meeting has been critical to our success thus far and the continued success we've seen in terms of planning this event. I would also like to shout out um, the people from RIT who are good at keeping a leash on the more zealous human murder mods because um, they're like, hey, what if we... like?" only half facilitated the murder and hope that the zombies do the rest and all of these like balance checks and balances against each other's ideas have quite either harmoniously or sometimes a bit rockily led to what i would say is the best outcome nice awesome so quick uh back up for a second um when you were asking about the bicycle in specific I was like, I think I saw that in the rules, and I opened it up, 
just to make sure. And it is it does specifically list a bicycle as an example. But what I found yeah. funny <laughs> is, you know, the rule set is in a Google Doc, so you can see when other people are in it. Kelsey's uh, uh, marker is right there at the vehicle section. <laughs> I wanted to make sure. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Also, there's a really, this is my favorite rule that I have ever written that I will happily share with you all now when I find it. There's um, one thing that having such a diverse mod team from backgrounds has allowed us is a very good idea of what the player base may try or just what sort of things are popular right now and that has given us pretty um very solid insight on like what roles we may need to keep an eye out for keep an eye on um recently with and this isn't just a thing here we were talking about earlier the fact that there has been a whether it's a we were talking about integrations and how while it's not very outdated it is something not super common and i think a lot of people are starting to pick that back up and so having a rule about not having exposed wires and exposed (laughs) components um was something that was very very rapidly added when we saw that to start to pop back up as something as something people in the community were doing um so there's definitely a, we are in many different circles at many different levels of the community, and we've tried our best to both ask for input from the community, as well as kind of just pay attention when discussions happen, so that we can make sure that we are able to listen to the players, yeah, whether that, they know it or not. Yeah, the, that's definitely been a huge thing. Um, I just because I saw it uh, as I was trying to find the vehicle rule to make sure that we were quoting it right. Uh, It brought me to a specific rule that we have in there that directly came from a conversation that that I heard other people having uh, that dealt with a group of humans purposely walking towards the horde as they were trying to respawn and because the organization that they were playing at had a minimum distance uh, role, those zombies weren't able to actually respawn correctly. And it was a case of human abuse that hearing this story from other people, I immediately, while we were, and it was funny, it happened while we were developing the rule set that I went to brain and was like, Hey, I just heard this happening somewhere else what do we think how do we prevent that from happening to us because at the end of the day our rule set isn't to be like you must play the game a certain way the rule set is there to make sure that our players are having as fun and as safe time on both sides Mm -hmm. excellent excellent well i'm all out of questions (laughs) um I had, oh, um, so going back to the venue, like, you know, I've had several conversations with Josh throughout this process. And like, I know you guys at one point were looking at a, uh, uh, like a carnival park type situation. And, um, Mm -hmm. so 
Yeah. And, and you mentioned that Mount Aloysius does not have an HVZ club. So how did how did that come to be that this is where we're uh, uh, headed to in June? Um. So that's that's a, a fun little story. Um. We were trying. So the original um venue that we were looking at was a park in Altoona, still central Pennsylvania. We kind of wanted to the um the idea of putting it in that region meant that it was like most of the New York clubs have within a day's trip to get there. Maryland's within all the Maryland clubs are within a day's trip to get there. Ohio depending on where you're from, it's not that far. It very much hits it makes it very accessible for everyone in the region. I believe that was a huge reason why Penn State had such success with their games was because of the centralized location. Yep. Um, so putting it in central Aww. PA was just kind of a no-brainer. Um, so we originally, um, not to mention, since Brands Works has been helping with the insurance and some of the logistics on that end and their base there, it was easy to kind of set that up. Uh, so we were looking at a... It is a community park, but it also had, like, rides and mini golf, and it had other activities. And so there were some ideas there. And while we were in talks with them, and that clearly did not go the way we intended, um, one of the employees of Mount Aloysius, actually a... Um, I don't remember the exact title, but it is someone within their student life department is a fan of the community, had reached out to Franz Homeworks about potentially doing events on campus. And there have been some wars for the students on campus that has kind of allowed like a gauge of interest. And so during those discussions, the opportunity to use it as a venue or the discussions about using it as a venue came up. And that's kind of what led to us being there for this year. Interesting. That's so, really cool. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Do you think that this could lead to them starting up a club? Um, I think the potential is there in time. Um, the big challenge is it is a small school, uh, smaller than Grove City, smaller than a lot of schools in the area. Um, trying to start clubs at small schools is not easy, um, but I don't think it's impossible. I would love to see them start up a club. I know the 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 wars were drawing interest from the students. Um, so there is um, some hope that that does happen. But that is not something I can state. I can't speak for the students of that school. Well, of course. Um, backing up a little bit. Well, I guess not necessarily backing up, but uh, are there any... Um big names that we should be on the lookout for? Um, so while there are some people we are still waiting to hear back confirmation of, um, obviously you guys are going to be there. Um, I said big which names. Is, which is fabulous. I said big names. You're bigger than you think. You have a patch. We didn't stut- yeah, we didn't stutter. <laughs> yeah. Not to mention that you have a very successful HVZ program group club with club z13 you do content creation through this podcast and you have 
the designer of one of the most revolutionary 3D printed blasters within the last year among your ranks, it's kind of hard for you not to have, through the different facets, a very big presence. All right, all right, all right. I'm blushing right now. Um, I'm blushing. Um, Good. Um, besides that, uh, I know American films voted on our themes. Yes. Um, so we have Al the Geek is coming. He'll be in attendance. Um, it'll be great to have Armory. him. Talonax Armory, yes. Um, Maritime Film will be attending. Um, we are hoping to hear back from some more people soon. Um, I know that a lot of people have kind of been waiting till this upcoming weekend, which at the time of recording this, this was right before Maryland Mayhem. So I know a lot of people were kind of telling us, let's get through that first and then we'll let you know. Um, I know that there will be some live promotion actually for Survival Fest at Maryland Mayhem. So if you're listening to this, went to Maryland Mayhem, you probably saw a lot of it. Some of it. Um, must be vaguely in character. Yes. Um, yes. Yeah, we are sending a dark team to go investigate. You can follow uh, progress on the dark web. Yes, you can. Um, so, at this time, that's kind of it. Um, I know this year, with it being, you know, the inaugural year, we're still, people are still weary about some events. Um, might not go crazy, but I think that there will be a wonderful turnout, and I know that it will just keep growing as the years. Well, we are extremely excited to see what is in store. Um, I did think of one last question, uh, unless somebody else has more questions. I know Alex said he had shot his load, um, but is there anything? Um, how do how do I want to word this? For people looking for the best immersion, is there anything? Um, not necessarily nerf related that they should consider including in their kit in their loadout. Um, ooh, any pulp adventure video game cosplay or even story in general or Borderlands cosplay blasters, whatever, will be enthusiastically encouraged and appreciated. Um. Also while bring water, not, please. Water? Yes. Yeah. Water. Um, while, it, while it's not something that people may carry on them, um, a big proponent of any good pulp adventure story, as well as something that we have a very big belief in, is the idea of so don't tell. Meaning we may not and will not necessarily give you all the information right off the bat. There will be things to discover both in how certain elements of the game function, as well as puzzles and lore, and that even goes to just the game itself. Um, there will be opportunities where you're going to need to think a little. There's going to need to be some puzzle-solving um, there will be opportunities to kind of... There's stuff for you to discover. Um, adventure and discovery are two things that commonly go hand in hand. So we wanted to make sure 
that in as many aspects of the game that we can put it in, there is stuff for players to discover. So I, this is, I'm glad you brought that up because I was kind of thinking about this earlier and um, uh, my my brain is kind of mush today. But so that immersion, that storyline, the things to discover, um, like I've been to invitationals before where that stuff was there, but like, unless you were in the exact right place at the exact right time or just stumbled across something or spent just hours combing through Google drives of documents, there was hardly any chance of you coming across that type of stuff. Like how, um, I don't, I don't want to say like how easy will it be to discover this stuff, but like how, accessible is this information going to be to the general public i think there are two avenues of answering this question one of which requires contextualizing parts of the answer um in a lot of games or there there are various hvz cultures that expect to have every piece of pertinent information on the slides in the briefing room and this is us saying you will not have that there are things that we want you to discover to your amusement or demise. We're dealing with zombies. There's horror. We're dealing with ancient, ancient quote-unquote temples. There's shit to be explored and discovered. There is this sense of adventure. If you want to play Call of Duty HVZ, go elsewhere. This isn't that game. Um, and I think the other way to answer the question... As far as I know, all but like the final mission involve everyone kind of being in their own group and exploring their own individual thing. Um, part of why we have this sense of wonder for the game is because this campus is new to the HVZ community. No one has been here before. So like some people have probably had an edge when they played at RIT or at Athens or at Penn State or at UMBC. No one has that this time. Everywhere is new. Um, we have chosen our locations to be thematic with what we are trying to portray as far as the story goes. Um, and we are trying to have a little bit of everything for every type of player. Mike is really big on puzzles, so we have a lot of puzzles throughout the day. So that we also, one of our, how we designed our NPC characters um, that was redundant how we designed our NPCs for the game um, I took a lot of heavy heavy inspiration from Borderlands and of the main four player characters you always have a big brute gunner you have a tactician you have sort of a brainy person and then you have a mystical siren character one of these paths is the information track so the more that you follow that track the more information you will become privy to that will help you in the game they don't know about that yet brain they do now <laughs> i'm the ryan reynolds of the group that's my other role you guys have one week yeah. to disseminate that information uh well we'll we'll, we'll give you the the <laughs> Okay, which means we, we need to do video editing or do some form, form of editing with it. Um, 
<laughs> Do we though? Yeah. I, well, the, the 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 shots you did with the 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 brief stuff you did with uh, Pit Tech, I wanted to edit into a video when we announced that stuff, but okay. we don't have to do it, but if we can... Um, My plan is when do, we're done with this yeah. to dive into videos. Okay. The, the further clarification of this is it started with the idea of we wanted to have... Um, with the idea of Borderlands... You have the four main characters with their stereotypical, as Brain described it, classes. Um, That's better. Archetypes, yes. You have stereotypical archetypes. Really, of any adventure story, you have the stereotypical. You have the, like, super brainy nerd. You have the, like, um, you have the big... The muscle. Heavy muscle. You have the clearly... um, mystic supernatural connected person um you have a tactician and so we've incorporated that into our game with the inclusion of um artifacts what those are is upgradable things for the humans to make use of over the course of the game they are not necessary for completing the game um like you can get through the game without them, but we have included them as something fun for humans to do. Um, the information track, which, uh, as you upgrade it, could give you more hints about upcoming missions, upcoming objectives, maybe if there's something that maybe doesn't look right, they might be able to give you shed some light on that. Um, the BFG is another one of those. Um, we have a turret. So yes, we are giving the humans a, like, stationary item that they can drop down and just have extra firepower. Um, there are martyr martyr bands. Um, we might want them to not you, be bandanas. If we already have our bandana. We'll get into that later. Or whatever. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll work on the notation for that. Um, we have and this is something that is Vaguely RIT inspired, um, because part of this idea does kind of come from them, but it's been used many places. In my mind, it came from them. The idea of a potential portable safe zone that you can earn and make use of. Um, I think that's all of them. Sounds right. For the humans. And so, and so by helping characters out during free play, um, as well as completing different things throughout the main game, the main missions, uh, you have the ability to unlock and upgrade all of those and so that you may put them to use in your particular quest, whatever you seek to discover. So yeah, that that is something. Um, that sounds that being Yes. Um, that being said, you know, while I'm not saying anything beyond this, um, we have given the necessary... Um, the necessary equipment for the zombies to match it. Yeah, that we that stuff we want left unsaid so that we can scare you later. <laughs> yeah. Understandable. Bugga bugga. They can tell us after. Um <laughs> I think an, but, yeah. I, yeah, I think another thing, um, kind of touching on the like how accessible is the information and going along and t- um and my colleagues right. talked about like the in-game stuff a lot 
of stuff is going to be uh, disseminated through the social medias. Uh, I will be upfront on that and the fact of to help create this immersive environment, we have very much tried our hardest to stylize all of the information uh, that we give our players as coming from characters that you will be meeting day of. Off the top of my head, I know yesterday we dropped our game map and the link to the Discord. Uh, that came from the administrative assistant to the director that you will meet game of. I know last week we had a lore drop that was from a Dr. Clark that you'll be meeting in game. And th that is a huge thing that we've been doing is trying to be as informative as game moderators, but also creating this sense of story and this sense of immersion for our players that not only gets them hyped up for the game, but also makes the information a bit easier to disseminate and to kind of latch on to because if a player is getting, oh, hey, here's the game map versus the player is getting the game map and it's from the administrative assistant of the director. And it's the sense of trying to trick the brain into latching onto things. It's a huge game philosophy that I am bringing from Penn State where we always started with our story and then shoved mechanics on it. And from a psychology standpoint, we found that that worked better for HVZ. Not saying that the opposite way is wrong. It's just that's what worked for us. And so far with Passive, that's how we have figured out that it works best for us. Telling this adventure story is not everything in Indiana Jones is written on the tablet. They have to do the journey and they have to figure, out, figure it out piece by piece. And that's the magic of it. And um, building off of that, um, that has actually been one of the more interesting things is um, historically, there have been two major ways that people have put together HVZ games. Um, commonly, there is a very mechanics first mindset of we're going to write out the entire game, mechanics, missions, how everything's going to work. And then we, we're going to do our best to piece together a story on top and then maybe add a skin to it. Um, I know it's been themes versus skins has been discussed in Ignosium before in various circles. Um, but there's because there is the two schools of thought of story first versus game first, we actually have been kind of bouncing back and forth between the two. So first it was we're telling an adventure story. Here are the big plot points we want to hit with each mission. Here are the big like story beats. And then it becomes a, okay, we now know what our story beats are. What sort of missions fit well with that? And it, then after we have an idea of, oh, this may be getting MacGuffins, this may be an escort, this may be something else, we then go back to be, okay, why are we doing the escort? And then once we have that figured out, it's like, okay, now we know why we're doing the escort to achieve this particular plot point at this particular part of the game. How does the escort actually work? And it's sort of been this kind of back and forth focusing on the cohesive both parts as we've went instead of diving super deep into one, then super deep into the other. 
And it's really interesting to see um, and to hear that some people that have been doing games for years, maybe at their local school or local club, um, that are used to maybe one or the other, not necessarily being taken out of their element, but just allowing for that kind of, for the, I will say, for the first third of it, while we were kind of getting things organized, um, people were not necessarily very sure how it was going to work because, you know, some people are used to having all the story and all the reasons for all the details. And the other group is used to having all the game for all the reason of all the details. So having a little bit of both threw some people off, but with where we are now, I think we've gotten everyone on the same page. Everything is in a place that we have enough of both figured out that everyone is excited. Our common enemy was that no one knew the map. Yes. That yeah. that was that was a very big part of it. Um getting to have us walk campus was a huge okay, this idea won't work. This idea will, hey, this is somewhere we didn't think we could use on campus, but wait, we can use that. So now we can put this here and now this works. And the amount of so. shiny things we found when we walked oh, campus. Yeah. There is a sock at the far edge of campus because of me. <laughs> <laughs> I I will neither confirm nor deny the amount of times that uh, Spike heard, hey, I have a very bad idea come out of my mouth on that campus visit. The worst part was when you started giggling, said, hey, look at this. And I looked at it and started giggling and someone walked over and was like, oh, no, what are they doing? <laughs> well, yeah, I, yeah, it was fun. Well, it sounds like you guys have put a ton of not only effort, but a ton of like care and passion into this. So that's uh, that's exciting me as a player to uh, to be able to attend and take part in this. Um, every every single person has been super passionate about it. They all, everyone, everyone that is here wants to be here, and everyone that is doing this wants to do this for both the joy of getting to do it and just the the community. Um, we enjoy making games when people enjoy coming to play them. Yeah, it. I'll be honest, uh, as a more like game writing and like story creator uh, side of the community, I'll admit uh, the pandemic was hard. Um, not only in just a like one, like speaking from my experience with Penn State, we didn't have just one invitational loss to the pandemic. We had two. And as a game writer, that sucked. So now that we're slowly coming out of it um and more games are coming back that has been my inspiration to continue with the hobby and continue trying to write good games and provide the experience because there's an entire generation of players now that they got their start after we came out and I say the term loosely because technically we're still not out of it but when events started back up after the pandemic there's an entire group of community members that have never been to a big game that never got this experience that a lot of us who've played before did. So being able to bring that pre pandemic pomp and circumstance to a post pandemic game, it warms my heart. I look forward to every bit of it. I look forward <laughs> to you being there and taking 
the Friday entertainment load off of us. <laughs> we'll be your dancing monkeys. I'm your Huckleberry. Aw. Oh. No. Oh no. <laughs> All right, well, shall we move on to shout-outs? I think it's time. Yeah. Yep. E. Not it. Damn. Not it. All right, I've got two. Um, first, more immediate pressing shout-out goes to Garguncle, who is the present savior of PASF and making it so that our business cards and our or some of our sponsorship patches make it to Maryland Mayhem on Friday as opposed to Saturday when I'm coming up. And then my bigger shout out, because mwahaha, I'm taking two, go to all of the people who have helped me run former games who may or may not listen to this episode, because you are the reason that I am here now to facilitate more enjoyment for a new or aging generation of HVC players. Aww. Got him. Um, I would like to... Damn it, Braid. <laughs> <laughs> Namely um, Tyler and Anna, because they did yeah, I like them a lot. I I also they may or may not ever hear it, but I would also like to shout out Tyler and Anna. Um Anna's work and the content made from it um was a huge inspiration that pushed me to do like some of the stuff with Grove City last year and um this has just kind of grown from that initial push. Um, and so the stories I've heard about her games and the content and the experiences I had at Endor 18, um, that Endor 18, which I know all of us, I think just about all of us that were cur- are currently in this discussion attended. Alex was um, but... I said almost all of us. Um, I think most of us, if not everyone here that attended that, um, would regard that as the the best game ever. Um, And so it's a hard bar to hit, but that is that has always been the um, the dream is to take the experiences and adventures and quality and care that was in that game and really introduce it to every um and introduce it to another generation. I also would like to take a moment um to shout out and give very special thanks to Josh Franz, Franz Filmworks, um, and all of his people because without them, I mean they found he was instrumental in finding the venue and they're how we're able to have insurance to make sure this thing is able to run run safely um he has been very helpful with even just providing us materials for props and also just being attentive like the fact that he is checking in on us has been amazing yeah having that person that is kind of not kind of, is keeping an eye on us and is checking in and kind of being that you guys doing all right um, has been has been very, very good for maintaining all of our sanities as we sometimes end up in multi-hour, m- multi-day discussions about things. Um, 
an average of one in three days. Yeah. Yes. Um, we wouldn't have made it this far without any of his support. Yeah, I know Josh has, uh, I've talked to him several times uh, throughout your journey, and I know that uh, he's very Papa Bear, um, kind of trying to make sure that you guys have everything you need and um, that they're do that he and you guys are, are um, like getting all of the resources and input that you need to have the best invitational possible. Yeah. All right. I guess it's, I guess, I guess it's my turn. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to jump on the bandwagon on the shouting out Tyler and Anna. Um, because again, I have to agree 2018 Endor, uh, still the pinnacle of HVZ and, I've played a lot of HVZ, um, uh, but also kind of uh, more of a mini shout out to Anna in particular. Um, even though, regrettably, I wasn't able to do anything and be an active event running club president at my time at Penn State for my senior year, um, Anna took time out of her busy schedule um, and actually sat down on a phone call with me for several hours and was a huge inspiration, a huge help calming my nerves, um, helping me get into a headspace, um, and very much changing how I thought about a lot of things. And I hold that, I still to this day hold that conversation very much at the forefront of my HBZ brain. Um, second, shout out um i'm gonna be a little sappy uh knowing full well that he probably won't ever hear this either but i'll probably make him listen to it later because i'm evil like that um i want to send a beloved shout out to my other half uh travis uh not only has he been a just great human being to be around because we've known each other for several years but uh, he very much has been my rock through a lot over the last year, uh, specifically with a lot of PA Survival Fest, because I've bounced a lot of my ideas off of him before I brought them to the team. Um, and he's doing us all a solid as one of our baby mods. And there's a lot of things that I just could not do without him. Unlike Bogue, these mods will not be in diapers. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Thank yeah. you. Yeah. <laughs> no, sadly that. Only our adult mods in diapers. What? Uh, right. <laughs> but y- yeah. Um, so, Travis, I know I'm probably embarrassing you right now, oh. but I love you so much and thank you for putting up with me. Nerd. Ha <laughs> <laughs> Well, my shout out's going to go to uh, the club, local club admins here, or the uh, SDNC. Um, we're gearing up for our warm weather nerf season. So, we're going to start our nerf in the park up. And we've been having some discussions on, uh, you know, to the, what, what rules changes and directions the club's going to go in. And uh, they've been instrumental in helping me get ready mentally uh to start up these well, you know park wars for lack of a better word um so we'll have some changes we've got the first one coming up at the end of the month 
So I'm looking forward to that. So thank you all. Some of them are hosts here with me and some of them are not hosts on the podcast, but uh, I truly appreciate the in-depth conversations we've been having. Um, and I could not be happier with our, uh, our admin team and our local club. Uh, truly one of the best, I think. Aw, thanks. Hey, Mike, Except we want to go to a parkour at the end of April. <laughs> what day is it? The 29th. No, that's like my one vacation weekend. Boo. Same, the boo. <laughs> what better way to spend your vacation than nerfing? Got him. <laughs> Listen, I would be coming off of a New York doubleheader. And... Yeah, same. Um, all right. This is actually what I do. <laughs> that, that, this is really what he does. It's like, hey, what did you do this? Uh, I don't know about it. Two weeks later, we're going to be in a car going somewhere to do something. Well, we'll see you on the 29th. <laughs> <Damn>. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, make, I make no promises. I, I make no promises. I think we should see all three of you. What if I drove? Oh, regrettably, uh, I'm a no. You say that now. Damn. Uh, regrettably, my stepmother is paying me to uh, not only house sit, but dog and cat sit. Bring that. Oh, that's, that's better. Oh, oh, okay. Wow. Oh, we're going there. <laughs> All right, cats, back on top. All right. Um, my shout out goes to one of our moderators and um, uh, club admin and. Uh, there's a mod- he's a moderator over there as well. Or no, we made him full admin, I think, at this point. Uh, if if we haven't officially, we is might it as Dan? Well. Uh, here, hold on. Oh, I can't. I was gonna just change it, but I can't. Tommy has to. Um, yeah. Uh, my shout outs to Dan. Um, he has been a a big sounding board uh, for me recently uh, with various frustrations and stressors that have been going on. Um, I appreciate his him lending his ear um, and also buying my FDL so that I can then turn around and buy a drone from Tom. He's also um, paying for us to go do the Savvy's uh, workshop experience because um, we told my middle son that he could choose one. He wanted to do the droids. But Dan was like, wait, you got a, uh appointment for Savvy's workshop and you're not doing it? Don't cancel that. I'll take the lightsaber. <laughs> so we still get to get the experience without the expense. Nice. Yeah. And then he gets the lightsaber? And he gets the lightsaber. Okay. <laughs> Tom? Yep. So first off, Dan is now an admin. I just changed that. <laughs> yeah, I did. Okay. Yeah, so Dan, congratulations. Uh, shout out to Alex for helping with my 3D printer. He said he would come over this weekend and help me set it up. Yeah. We'll figure this thing out. <laughs> and then... As you all know, once I get my printer back, it's over for y'all. <laughs> Until you sell this one. And then buy another one. Six yeah, down yeah. The Let's see how long that takes. Oh. Vicious, Tim. <laughs> huh? I said that was just vicious. <laughs> Dan's wedding this year? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's oh, Mall Madness weekend. Yeah. Tell me about it's- it. Wait, did they actually announce that? No, they haven't announced it. We're just assuming it will end up being that weekend. Okay. I still need to bully him because he said that he wanted me to make grooms and holsters. <laughs> oh, right. yeah. Brain's doing patches for the event. 
Oh yeah, I sure am. I, I should actually do that. that. I have I, I have two laser cutters at my disposal. Surely one of them will get the results I need. I said maybe 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 you should let some some people um, wear them for this weekend if I they're done in time. Stop having trash um, clear coating for my patches, which I do. I did resolve, but that's a leather question. Um, I will make sure that um, there are passive patches. Well, on that note, I think it's time that we bring this one home. Yep. So yeah. thank you all for uh, letting us pester you with questions and filling us with information and excitement for this uh, this event. To all our listeners, we hope and we really hope to see you all uh, first weekend in June, Friday and Saturday, uh, in Crescent, Pennsylvania, as we all search for the Cradle of Chaos at Pennsylvania Survival Fest. Uh, for Detroit Dart Talk, I'm Alex. I'm Tim. I'm Tom. And we will catch you next time. Bye. 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 And you can't tell that dog what you do there for. Why'd you go in the bathroom, dog? Look at you crazy.